if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the twelfth morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, twenty nineteen. Truly appreciate you being with us. Thanks for um, sticking with us on Friday. If you tuned in for the best of, it was a last minute production because um, I struggled all last week with an illness and uh, could not make it through. Bronchitis and laryngitis defeated me on Friday. So uh, we are back live today, and I'm still struggling through it, but I think we'll be okay. So I appreciate you being with us. Thanks very much. Um, interesting show today for a couple of reasons. Number one, there is a lot of breaking news, and I'm going to get to that news in due time. It's kind of odd um, that we're not going to do breaking news first, but um, I'm not. Uh, I'm going to focus on old news today, particularly an old news story from five years ago that is being uh, driven back to the headlines today by some very, very dangerous and pathetic people that I'll explain in just about two seconds. But um, there is breaking news about the president. The Trump administration has boosted the ability now to deny green cards to immigrants deemed likely to rely on government aid. In other words, merit-based immigration is being pushed in advance by the Trump administration. To that, I will simply say, make America great again. That is exactly what we are supposed to be doing. Uh, there's obviously new news. Well, I don't even know if there's news. But there's new um, controversy surrounding the Jeffrey Epstein death. I will not call it a suicide. I will also not call it a homicide. We don't know yet, which is why I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about that. Uh, I really appreciated Hugh Hewitt's entire program defending President Trump against the scurrilous lies and allegations of racism, uh, anti, uh, uh, or excuse me, white supremacy, yes, and anti-Semitism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, simply a joke. Is what it is. It's it's a joke, and it's and it's an obvious one that the left. Hugh is a hundred percent correct. The left has decided that there is no more traction on the Russia, Russia, Russia story. They cannot go any further than they've already gone. Even though guys like Jerry Nadler will try, and they will still move for impeachment and so on and so forth, and they'll be defeated again. But they know that the American people are tired of that one, so they've decided that for the rest of the uh, campaign between now and November of twenty twenty. That it will simply be racism, racism, racism. Russia, 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 replaced by race, race, race. 
The president's a racist, and one of Hugh Hewitt's callers, real quickly, one of Hugh Hewitt's callers this morning in the last hour, I think, nailed it. He said, the problem is so many Americans do not do the homework. They do not go out there and seek out evidence that proves the contrary. They do not go out there and seek out the multitude of places where you can find proof that President Trump did not say this about that or did not say that about this. Uh, proof that the president is not racist or white supremacist. Hugh offered that proof all morning long. All morning long. But the caller said most Americans aren't going to hear it. Most Americans aren't going to look it up. They're going to just listen to the anecdotal statements made by individuals, either in their lives or public figures like the 2020 cesspool. That is the pool of candidates for the Democratic nomination. They will continue to listen to them allege that Trump is racist and anyone who supports or votes for Trump is racist. And they just don't have the time or the interest in looking up the truth and finding out facts. They just hear it, and you know what the old adage is, right? If you repeat a lie often enough, eventually it becomes the truth to you. You know, O.J. Simpson repeated his lie that he didn't kill his ex-wife and her friend for years to the point where it eventually became his truth. Really, it's his honest-to-goodness truth in his mind. He has repeated the lie often enough and long enough. Now, it doesn't mean that it is the truth, of course, but in someone's perception, it becomes one's reality. All right? So that's what happens. There are going to be millions of Americans who are going to hear the lie repeated often enough. Trump is a racist. Trump supporters are racist. Trump's a white supremacist. And they're going to be fearful of that. And they're going to not vote for him or not vote at all. And that has to be stopped. So there is a lot of that news to get to today. But I want to start off by going back five years ago. And this, of course, is just simply reprehensible. Um, it was back in 2014, August 9th, so almost, you know, what, three days ago to the, to the day. Uh, that um, uh, Officer Darren Wilson in Ferguson, Missouri, was nearly a murder victim as he was attacked and assaulted by a giant named Michael uh, Brown who uh, reached into Officer Wilson's car, into his SUV cruiser, punched him in the face and tried to grab his gun and was shot in the hand while doing so. Uh, Officer Wilson was able to get out of the vehicle and was able to face off with Michael Brown, who then tried to charge him and attack him and was shot six times for his efforts. It became known as one of the most notorious police-involved killings in American history. Why? Because the accomplice of Michael Brown, who was with him, decided to lie and claim that he was shot with his hands in the air and saying, don't shoot, don't shoot. So the meme of hands up, don't shoot was born. Now, we all know what happened from that point forward. Black Lives Matter, if it hadn't been born at that moment, it was in its infancy, and it became a full-on national cry after that case. A white officer shot a black suspect who was with his hands in the air in broad daylight in the middle of a street in front of numbers of witnesses, by the way, shot him in cold blood with his hands in the air as he said, don't shoot. Now... Why are we bringing this up again five years after the uh, case, like I said, or five years after the incident? Because the Democrats are bringing it up. 
in their latest attempt of shameless pandering for the minority vote, Democratic candidates in the cesspool are once again retelling the Michael Brown lie. They are going back to the lie of hands up, don't shoot. That was disproven six ways from Sunday. No less than four investigations were conducted at the local, state, and federal levels. No less than three autopsies were conducted. And the outcome of all of those investigations and autopsies proved the lie that Michael Brown was not standing there peacefully with his hands in the air and murdered in cold blood, that Michael Brown was indeed trying to kill Darren Wilson when he was shot in that effort. All of those investigations were closed years ago now. But here we are five years later, in a presidential election cycle, in an era where the goal of the Democrats in order to beat Donald Trump is to have him declared a racist, they have to then continue to play the the minority card, the race card, if you will, by now revisionist history. Donald Trump is a racist. Donald Trump is a white supremacist. Donald Trump and his ilk don't believe black lives matter. We believe black lives matter. And in fact, we call for justice in the Michael Brown killing of five years ago. The most egregious of these calls by Democratic candidates came from Elizabeth Warren, who tweeted three days ago the following. This was on Friday, and I'm, I'm still beside myself that she could get away with this without being called out in much harsher terms than she has been. Elizabeth Warren, Focahontas herself, tweeted, Five years ago, Michael Brown was murdered by a white police officer in Ferguson, Missouri. Michael was unarmed, yet was shot six times. I stand with activists and organizers who continue the fight for justice for Michael. We must confront systemic racism and police violence head on. End quote. Now, I'm going to focus on this one primarily, but I'm going to share some of the others with you. But it should go without saying that this statement from Elizabeth Warren is beyond the pale. She has just branded herself among the Democratic candidates, and should she win the nomination against Donald Trump, as the candidate against police. She will. She should have just abandoned any hope that she ever had of getting a single vote from anybody who believes in law and order, and that blue lives matter. She declared Michael Brown murdered by a white police officer because of his skin color and because of the officer's skin color. She called it systemic racism, and she called it police violence. She has just declared herself literally off-limits to any voter that believes in law and order in the United States. At this point, I can almost hope she has huge success over the course of the coming months and the primaries in the spring, because she should be the nominee that Donald Trump has to face. Her lies and her allegations of police 
violence, and systemic racism will be exposed in, in well, not by the mainstream media. The mainstream media refuses to even call her out for that. But by the Trump campaign and everybody who's honest and decent in the society. This story was closed five years ago. As I said, three different autopsies, four different investigations. One of the autopsies ordered by, paid for by, Michael Brown's family and legal team with their own medical investigator. Looking specifically for proof that Michael Brown was murdered with his hands in the air, not moving forward or attacking anyone. All three autopsies, including the Brown autopsy, the Brown ordered and paid for autopsy, found the same thing. It's a lie. All of it is a lie. Barack Obama's own attorney general, And Barack Obama did everything in his considerable power as president in 2014 to make this a racist or racial incident. In an attempt to do the same thing they're doing now to Donald Trump, demonize conservatives, demonize police officers, and usually they kind of go together. Conservatives are strong believers in the rule of law. Liberals are strong believers in getting away with whatever you can against the rule of law. Start with illegal immigration and work your way forward from there. Decriminalizing marijuana, decriminalize, uh, uh, letting people out of prison. I mean, the jailbreaks, all of it. But Barack Obama made this a racial issue from day one. And in an effort to prove this was police Racism that led to the death of Michael Brown, he dispatched his attorney general, also an African-American named Eric Holder, to go to Ferguson and investigate and prove that white officer Darren Wilson was a murderer and Michael Brown was an innocent, unarmed teenage victim. Eric Holder did it. He sent the investigative team. That federal Department of Justice investigation went on for months and months and months. Eric Holder had one job. Prove that Michael Brown was murdered by that white cop. And despite his and his team's best effort, the investigation came back as the same as all of the other investigations. Not true. Yet here we are, five years later. Elizabeth Warren, Kirsten Gillibrand, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Robert Francis O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, all tweeting or making statements five years later, contradicting Eric Holder's DOJ investigative conclusions and the investigative conclusions of three other investigations and three separate autopsies. Five years later, because it's election time and they're making this entire election about race, five years later, they're reigniting the Michael Brown lie. Reigniting the flames of hatred and racism and division by telling lies about what happened five years ago. This will not go unchallenged. I plan to challenge it for the entire show today. 
buckle up, because you're in for a hell of a ride. 216-901-0945. Join me on the Bob France Authority. Bob France, here on AM 1420. The answer. Twenty-seven minutes after nine o'clock. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on this Monday edition of the Bob France Authority. Um, I've got so much for you on this Ferguson revisionist history that is um, uh, that is being pushed right now by the left. Every Democratic candidate tweeted about this on uh, Friday. All of them telling the same lie that Michael Brown was an unarmed teenager who was murdered by a white police officer. All of them. It is going to be disproven yet again, and you need to take this with you to everyone you know. I will give you facts. I will give you specifics. I will talk to you about the Ferguson effect numbers, which, of course, were affected directly by the lies of the mainstream media, not just the individuals involved, not just the Brown family, not just Eric Holder and the BLM movement, uh, but by the media. I will give you facts and information from Heather McDonald, who wrote about the war on cops. She coined the phrase, the Ferguson effect. I'm going to play that for you. And at uh, 10 o'clock, we're going to have Steve Loomis, um, Cleveland Police Detective, former president of the Cleveland Police Patrolman Association, who talked to us uh, through this entire thing in 2014, 15, 16. Uh, we're going to uh, get uh, another view of this uh, as they try to revise this history in, a, in order to make um, Democrats appear, once again, uh, more... Um, sensitive to black causes in order to try to curry favor with black voters. Make no mistake about it. This is all coordinated. This is the Democratic National Committee advising the candidates. All of them are doing the same thing. Our mission here, one, paint Trump as a white supremacist and a racist. Two, paint us as the party that is looking out for minority interests. And that's that means revising the story about even Michael Brown. David and LaGrange, you're on the air. David, go ahead. Yes, Bob. I think what these candidates bringing this up uh, with the Ferguson, I think it's a sign of desperation. They cannot challenge Donald Trump on his policies. And I think what this is showing is they're in danger of losing their base. And part of their base is the African-American community, which they've been taking their votes for granted. And I think a lot of part of this is social media with the Blexit and the hashtag walk away. So I think they know they're in serious trouble. David, I could not agree with you more. Uh, they are desperate. It is desperation because they literally know they, they, not one candidate among them can beat Donald Trump head up. Head up on the issues, head up on, on capitalism versus socialism versus rule of law versus lawlessness versus sovereignty and borders versus open borders. They cannot win with the American people. Yes, they can win with the coastal elites. Yes, they can win in New York and in Los Angeles and in San Francisco. And then they'll scream about how the electoral college shouldn't count because we get more people in those places than you do in flyover country. They wanted to, to completely, um, disenfranchise flyover country they but they know they cannot win in flyover country they cannot cannot win in the majority of the u.s states and that's why they have to find a way to change the narrative and yes desperation is what always leads to the playing of that card from the bottom of the deck desperation is what leads to the race card and of course as i've noted on this program before they're not just playing a race card from the deck the bottom of the deck they're playing the race deck all of the cards that they have 
are race cards. Back after this, Sunday in fourteen twenty, the answer. All right, nine thirty-five now. The Bob France Authority continuing on AM fourteen twenty. The answer now. I want to give credit here to two women who have done just incredible work in trying to stop the revisionist history of hands up, don't shoot from being told again, and from people trying to turn what is revisionist history into current fact. Um, it is not, and those two women are Cheryl Atkinson and also. Um, uh, Heather McDonald. Now, Cheryl Atkinson is a former CBS reporter and journalist, and she, of course, fed up with uh, all of the liberal um, uh, non-journalism being practiced at CBS, stepped away a few years ago, and she is now an independent journalist. And she is all over this. Um, after Elizabeth Warren tweeted that Michael Brown was murdered five years ago by a white police officer and we have to cont- uh, we have to deal with systemic racism and police violence after Kamala Harris did the same, Beto O'Rourke, uh, Bernie Sanders, Kirsten Gillibrand, Tim Ryan, Bill de Blasio, Cory Booker, all of the cesspool telling the lie on Friday that Michael Brown was murdered in cold blood by a white cop, all to continue to, and this is what gets me, this is what really, really grinds my gears to coin a phrase. These people, or every one of these sick individuals, continue to run through the campaign, their campaign trails screaming that Donald Trump is the one dividing us. The Michael Brown case is settled investigation. It's a closed case, investigated four times, three autopsies. Darren Wilson did not murder Michael Brown. Darren Wilson acted in self-defense when being attacked by Michael Brown. And yet five years later, they're telling the exact opposite to the American people, hoping that you're too dang stinking lazy to go back and refresh yourself about what really happened there. Because if you believe that the police murdered Michael Brown, and you know that conservatives support, support police, that conservatives are evil and racist and supported the killing of Michael Brown. This is their goal. This is not hard to see. It is plain to see for everyone. And so their, their goal is to try to deflect from the truth, retell the lie, and score political points against Donald Trump, whom they are trying to declare a racist. Now, Cheryl Atkinson took um, uh, a ton of time on Friday and tweeted out the facts. She fact. Black Lives Matter movement in August of 2014. She went right to the Obama Justice Department or Department of Justice, and Attorney General Eric Holder's investigation, as I have done, by the way, as well. She went right to the actual report, 89 pages, I think it is. I've read most of them. I selected a few of the important conclusions drawn from that to point out the truth, that Michael Brown was indeed trying to harm, if not kill, uh, Darren Wilson, especially because he grabbed for his gun and was shot in the hand while still in the SUV in, pro- in process, in the process. But right from the Holder Justice Department report that cleared Darren Wilson, despite Eric, uh, Eric Holder's single focus here, which is prove Michael Brown was murdered, couldn't do it because it wasn't true. Cheryl Atkinson 
uh, quoted all of the relevant portions of that report to call all of the Democrats liars. The other one I mentioned, the other woman that I want to give credit to here, is Heather McDonald from the Manhattan Institute. I had Heather on my program. Uh, not too long after her book, The War on Cops, came out in 2016, so just over two years after the actual incident in Ferguson. And she coined the phrase, the Ferguson effect, as part of her book, The War on Cops. Well, two years ago, in 2017, Heather McDonald was giving a speech at Claremont McKenna College, in which she started discussing and answering questions about the Black Lives Matter movement and the notion that the U.S. is experiencing some sort of epidemic of racially driven police shootings, she contended that the central Black Lives Matter narrative is not just false, which it is, but dangerous. She has the facts, the data, the crime statistics, and the argument that is accurate, that policing today is driven by crime, not by race, and that that movement, the BLM movement, has caused officers to back off proactive policing in high-crime areas, leading to what? The largest spike in homicides in nearly 50 years. And guess who the victims of all of those homicides are? Or the vast majority, vast majority of them, the disproportionate number of them? Blacks. If black lives really matter to Black Lives Matter, to the organization, they would be encouraging proactive policing because the, the vast majority of the shootings and attacks are being done by blacks to blacks. You want to save black lives? Let cops cop. Here's Heather McDonald speaking to the Claremont McKenna College uh, uh, organization on April 7th, two years ago, 2017. These facts matter. I've been hearing for the last two hours outside my window, Black Lives Matter chants. So I assume that the students that are so committed to Black Lives Matter put in the same amount of energy protesting when five-year-old Aaron Shannon Jr. was killed on, on Halloween in 2010 when he was in his Spider-Man outfit outside of his house with a single bullet to his head by a member of the Kitchen Crips gang who also hit Aaron's grandfather and uncle. I hope as well that they put in a similar degree of protest when nine-year-old Tyshawn Lee in Chicago was lured into an alley with the promise of candy by a gangster disciples in November 2015 by an enemy of his father's gang and killed in cold blood. The original plan had been to chop off Aaron's fingers and send them to his mother. Aaron was one of 7,000 black Americans killed in 2015. I hope as well that the people protesting outside care about those black lives that were lost. But I know one thing for sure. The people who did show up at those 7,000 black murders were the cops. And I would suspect that if any of the members outside today had a loved one mowed down in gang violence, they would call the police. Now, for the last three years, this protest movement known as Black Lives Matter has convulsed the nation. Triggered by the police shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, the Black Lives Matter movement holds that policing is systemically racist and that we are living through an epidemic 
of racially biased police shootings of black men. This belief has triggered riots and the assassination of cops. It has also led to a sharp drop-off in proactive policing and a corresponding rise in violent crime. Even though the U.S. Justice Department has resoundingly disproven the claim that a Pacific Michael Brown was shot in cold blood while trying to surrender, he continues to be treated as a martyr to police racism. Today I want to examine the Black Lives Matter movement's central thesis, that the police are the greatest threat facing young black men today. I'm going to propose two counter-hypotheses. First, that there is no government agency more dedicated to the proposition that black lives matter than the police. And second, that we've been talking about phantom police racism for the last two decades in order not to talk about a far more difficult and uncomfortable problem, and that's black-on-black -black crime. Now, let me state some core principles at the onset. First, cops have an indefeasible obligation to treat everyone they encounter with courtesy and respect and within the confines of the law. Too often, officers develop a hardened, obnoxious attitude towards the public. Second, every police shooting of an unarmed civilian is a stomach-churning tragedy. Police training has to work incessantly to prevent such grotesque miscarriages of justice. And third, given this country's appalling history of racism in betrayal of its fundamental ideals and the complicity of the police in maintaining slavery and de jure segregation through the use of brutal and unlawful force, Every police shooting of a black man is particularly and understandably fraught. But however tragic the history of policing and race, patterns of policing today do not demonstrate racism. Contemporary policing is data-driven. In order to save lives, cops go where people are most being victimized, and that is in minority neighborhoods. To understand policing today, you have to look at the facts of crime. I'm going to pause there just if you just turned on your radio. This is Heather McDonald two years ago and at the Claremont McKenna College uh, giving an address on the war on police, Black Lives Matter, and the danger of the Ferguson effect. This is newly of interest to us, or once again of interest to us, because just this past Friday, three days ago, it was the fifth anniversary of Michael Brown's death in Ferguson, Missouri, and it is being exploited politically by liars on the Democrat, in the uh, Democratic, uh, uh, candidate's cesspool as they try to revise history and proclaim that he was murdered, uh, by a white police officer, despite every investigation, including those ordered by Michael Brown's family, clearing Officer Darren Wilson of any such charges. So Heather McDonald continues. In 2015, over 7,000 blacks were murdered. That is 2,000 more homicide victims than the number of all white and Hispanic homicide victims combined, even though blacks are only 13% of the nation's population. Blacks of all ages are killed at six times the rate of whites and Hispanics combined. In Los Angeles, a typical city... Now you'll notice these facts that she is presenting 
do not paint a flattering picture of life and crime in urban and minority-dominated communities. But she's not giving you anything other than the facts, the statistics, that six times more African Americans are killed. This was in her. This was a 2017 talk show as of 2015, one year after the Michael Brown incident. Blacks uh, are killed six times the rate of whites and Hispanics combined, despite being only 13 percent of the population. So the 87 percent of the population is something else. 13 percent is African American. And yet they're being killed at six times the rate of the other two uh, dominant, um, uh, you know, majority demographics, white and Hispanic combined. How and why can that possibly be? Those are facts. And facts aren't feelings. Facts are, Im- are, are indisputable. These statistics are real and they're provable. And you notice as she's giving them, what do you start to hear in the background at this college? Snowflake meltdown. Screaming, trying to silence these terrible truths about life in urban centers in the United States and about the real threat that police play to those in the minority community. That is to say, not a threat. Blacks between the ages of 20 and 24 die at a rate 20 to 30 times the national mean. Who is killing them? Not the police and not white civilians, but other blacks. The astronomical black death by homicide rate is a function of the black crime rate. Black males between the ages of... You see, they're trying to drown her out. It is distracting. It works. They're screaming to drown out the truth. The greatest threat to African Americans in our wonderful, diverse society is not police officers. The greatest threat to minorities in America are other minorities. The numbers are there. This is not systemic racism. It is not police violence. It is not what the Democrats want you to believe. It is not white supremacy. The greatest threat by astronomical numbers to African Americans in this country is and remains African Americans. And the one group of people who can try to save more of their lives, police officers, are being demonized in that effort. More from Heather McDonald. The 14 and 17 commit homicide at 10 times the rate of white and Hispanic male teens combined. The national black homicide rate is eight times that of whites and Hispanics combined and 11 times that of whites alone. This is based on Bureau of Justice statistics data, the premier crime and policing data collection agency in the country within the Department of Justice. Mind you, those numbers, what she just said, this matters, came from the Department of Justice, which was run by the Attorney General, Eric Holder. So before anybody tries to claim false government statistics, why would Eric Holder, an African-American Attorney General, working for Barack Obama, the African-American President of the United States, why would they try to fudge numbers to make it look worse for African-Americans in this country? The facts do not lie. And as Ben Shapiro says, facts do not care about your feelings. We must stop this revisionist history 
as they continue to try to divide, meanwhile calling Donald Trump the divider-in-chief, as they try to divide uh, the American people on racial lines by retelling the Michael Brown story. It's 9.51, right back after this. It's the Bob France Authority, here on AM 1420. The Answer. Directly from the Department of Justice investigation headed up by Attorney General Eric Holder into the death of Michael Brown, quote, In addition, even assuming that Wilson definitively knew that Brown was not armed, Wilson was aware that Brown had already assaulted him once and attempted to gain control of his gun. Wilson could thus present evidence that he reasonably feared that, if left unimpeded, Brown would again assault Wilson again attempt to overpower him and gain attempt to take his gun, and again attempt to take his gun. Under the law, Wilson has a strong argument, said Attorney General Eric Holder in his report, that he was justified in firing his weapon at Brown as he continued to advance toward him, refusing commands to stop. And the law does not require Wilson to wait until Brown is close enough to physically assault Wilson. Even if, in hindsight... Wilson could have done something other than shoot Brown. The Fourth Amendment does not second-guess a law enforcement officer's decision on how to respond to an advancing threat. Those are the facts of the case, as presented by, once again, the Attorney General of the United States through his investigation, Eric Holder, whose goal, by the way, working for the Obama administration, was to find uh, Darren Wilson, guilty and responsible for murdering Michael Brown. Navy man Norm is in Strongsville. Hi, Norm. Go right ahead, sir. Well, liars, when they say figures don't lie, but liars do figure. And it's amazing to me that they can still pull this, the Democratic National Committee and these the clown circus can pull this uh, latest stunt off and it's kind of interesting, isn't it, Bob, that it occurs at the same time that there's going to be a federal investigation of Jeffrey Epstein's alleged uh, suicide? It's amazing how these things just seem to kind of dovetail and go together. Anytime there's a major brouhaha uh, 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 about something that may involve the Democrats, suddenly there's this new... Uh, shall we say, rabble-rousing cheer from the Democratic Party. They must think that the American people are as stupid as their voters and their left-wing support group. Oh, they do. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, and for all of them to come out with this, you know, it's, it's their dog whistle. That's, that's their role. They want to do the racial, play the racial deck, not the card, the racial deck, as you say, you know, hoping to divide the Americans. But they're going to fall flat on their face because... They'll be challenged, and hopefully somewhere, wherever Officer Wilson, Derek Wilson is, and he lost his job and he was you know, smeared, uh, can find an attorney that will sue these people because they slandered him. They said 
uh, this man was murdered by Officer Darren Wilson. I totally and, agree. I, I, Elizabeth Warren's name ought to be listed as a defendant on a lawsuit by tomorrow. Absolutely. Exactly. What she and all of the rest of them have said. You know, this guy's life and career have already been ruined. Nobody knows right. where he is now. He lives in hiding. Even though he was cleared by every investigation, he fears for his life because BLM and the mainstream media have essentially targeted this guy and his family. I have no idea where he lives, neither does anybody else. No idea uh, uh, what he does for a living. He certainly isn't going to get hired by a police department again, even though he did nothing wrong just because of the optics of it all. He has had his life ruined for the last five years, and now, like you said, they're, they're coming back out and calling him a murderer again. I... I, I doubt he'll sue, though, because he doesn't want to come out of hiding. Yeah. I mean, like you said, but they don't care. They don't care about, uh, you know, any harm that they do to the individual as long as it, you know, advances their agenda and advances their narrative. You know, exactly but that's all right. they have. That's all they have, Bob. And Lady I, Man I Norm, you're 100% right, as you always are when you call me, and I appreciate your call, my friend. It's 10 o'clock. Going to get to the news now. Steve Loomis, who uh, discussed and analyzed this case on national television for about three years after the Michael Brown shooting, he'll join us once again. Right.